Oh, come on up, Colin. As uh, Colin's coming up, um, uh, we've got a, a, a little lady here, Joan. Where's Joan? Saw her come in somewhere. Okay. She knew me when I was at St. Bart's Anglican Church. Um, Colin knew me before then. And uh, so it's been going back a long, long time. So uh, um, he could probably tell you some stories. But he also knew Brendan back in the day too. I did. So he could tell I Brendan do. some stories. Still. Yeah. But I'm not commenting. Obviously, you know, it's my secret, which is going to go with me. Let me pray for you and we'll go. Father God, thank you so much for this man. Thank you for the journey that you have taken him on and still take him on. We are just so blessed to have him with us today. And we ask, Lord God, that uh, you would just continue to fill him with your Holy Spirit and he would be guided by you as he brings your word in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, I'd ask for an indulgence first, Donnie, if I can. Am I allowed to take this and take it down there? Where's the camera? That box up there. Oh, that box up there. All right, I'll stay in the middle. All right, so stay in the middle. Hey, viewers, nice to see you. How many viewers do we have? Wow, is that right? I love that. It's lovely to be with you. And, uh, you know, uh, each, each church that I visit in these days and I would visit 30 churches each year to share with them. And each church that I've uh, been to in the last month or so, and I'm pretty sure it'll be the same it'll inc- uh, for the rest of the year, it'll include churches in Sydney, Melbourne, Launceston, Hobart. And uh, I've just heard that Western Australia has opened up, so I know people there have been wanting to get me over there for, for some time. And I know that every one of those churches are going through, have been through one of the most unusual experiences that any group of people can go through. And uh, I have to say that um, I I love what I hear in this place and I'm grateful to God that there has been sustained in these last couple of years notwithstanding all the difficulties that have been experienced. Mask wearing, with worshipping, with mask wearing, that, that was an unusual experience, wasn't it? It was a horrible experience. Yes, let's be honest, yes. Um, and so you guys have been through such a great deal and uh, I, I don't want you to be too tough on yourselves. I want you to be very gracious to one another. Uh, I, I would... Uh, just be really gracious to one another. And as you come out of this important, this season as you come out, I believe that the Holy Spirit will, will help you establish new rhythms and new ways. Because I, I have to say, from the sense I'm getting from pastors and leaders and people in churches around the country, I don't think there's a way back to the good old days. Whatever's ahead of us, is a little new and we'll all have to be kind to one another to work that out. It's not straightforward, is it? And uh, particularly when you get to my age, you like things that are familiar. You appreciate things that are familiar. You appreciate what's been tradition, what's been kind of part of your life. And uh, I value all that. Uh, but I'm aware that God loves Australians. And in order for us to 
be any good for our countrymen and women and boys and girls. But we may have to make a few changes to reach them, but I'm ready to do that uh, because I figure God is already ready to do that. And so I just want to share with you a few thoughts and, and uh, pray for a few people. Now, but first, I, I, I love the worship leader. No, that's you, young man. What's your name? Sorry? Okay, righto. Richard. And is this the wife of your youth, sir? Right. It's great to have a wife of your youth. Amen? Yeah? What about you viewers? Have you got a wife of your youth with you, sir? Hopefully. Um, a great blessing. I hang around the wife of my youth because she makes me look good. That's really the honest truth. Um, I want to pray for Richard and Rosie. My daughter-in-law's name. I shall remember that. Um, I'd like to pray for them um, because when they were worship leading, I just sensed the Holy Spirit speak to me um, for them and to pray a blessing on them. So would you mind just kind of, if you want to, while I'm praying, look up Ephesians 2. All right, would you stand with me, friends? Yeah, Richard, I honour you, my brother. And Rosie, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in obedience to the prompting of your spirit, I pause now to place a blessing on my friends. And I thank you, Lord, for the deep abiding grace that has been upon this couple. And I thank you for the journey they're currently on because I believe, Lord, something remarkable is happening within them. Something is stirring within them and we are all thrilled to see this young, this young couple moving into the next thing, the next part of their lives. And I thank you for that. And I set them aside in obedience, praying, oh God, that you would give them courage and determination in the name of Jesus. Amen. And this was the sensation on my heart, Richard. Something has been stirring in you for a little while now. Not too many people have known about it, but now it's out. You may have to explain it. Um, But I felt the Lord say, this is my doing. I'm getting him ready for what's next. So I'm excited, my brother. God bless you. You've got a great wife. You have boys here? And girls. You have girls as well. Wonderful. Great to meet you. What's your name? Daniel? Dave. Dave. Sorry, my apologies. (laughs) I have have lost 70% hearing because my wife is on that side. She wore it out. (laughs) And what's your name? Jono. Jono. Great to meet you. And then the girls are? Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Richard. They're lovely people, aren't they? I guess you knew that. You know, I also, whilst, whilst you are, hopefully you are turning to Ephesians chapter 2, but um, I, I was, uh, we were in worship and Susan came up and she says to me, uh, have you ever done, has this ever happened to you where you someone says they look knowingly at you as if they've pegged you already and then she says, oh, there's no one sitting next to you, I'll sit next to you and for the next song I lost it because I was trawling back through my memory trying to go, 
dang, I know that face. I know that face. She surely, oh, I know it. And she just had to write it on a piece of paper. That's how bad it was. Susan, God bless you. She's heard me preach a few times and she still came this morning. She's a lovely human being. Anyway, we're looking together at Ephesians chapter 2. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why the Lord wants me to share this with you is because one of the great things that will help us to become engaging again with our countrymen and women is that we have a very, well, we have a unique living arrangement, don't we? A, a really unusual living arrangement that's described in the scriptures. Do you remember how many times in the New Testament it says something like this? You are in Christ. It says it a few times, doesn't it? Mainly Paul, but also Peter. And also, you remember that phrase that John uses in his gospel? Abide in me and I will abide in you. Remember in the prayer that Jesus prays in John 17 where he says, if you remember, Father, I pray that they will know what we know, basically. You and me, I and you. That's a wonderful thought, isn't it? It's an unusual living arrangement. Here you are sitting in church in Kuana, and yet you are also seated in heavenly realms. Isn't that an unusual thought? I'm here, but I'm also there at the same time. Interesting ideas, like any man, that any woman, any boy or a girl that puts their trust in what Jesus has done, is no longer. There's a new creation. Isn't that a nice thought too? I've been a new creation since the 3rd of October 1976. Anyone beat that? Ah, yes, I was expecting that a few would. Yeah, what year? 66. Dang, did me by 10 years. Yes. Well. See, there's always one 59er, isn't there? You, who knows what, or remembers, or looked it up in their phone, what happened for Christians in 1959? Billy Graham crusade. You know, even the crime rate went down for a couple of years after that. That was interesting, wasn't it? And there's always a 59er. 57, you were even earlier. Goodness me. We are in, yes, 40... My goodness. Now there's a young woman with a future ahead of her. 48, hallelujah. You see, we, we have had this, she's had this really unusual living arrangement. Since 1948, she has been both in Christ and, and yet here physically and yet in Christ, seated with him in heavenly realms. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I know we're Baptists, but I mean, we could seriously, I mean, just, you know, just for the hell of it, as we might say, we could really say hallelujah, couldn't we? I mean, you, you think about it, it's a grounds for uh, gratitude, don't you think? Don't you think it's a grounds for gratitude? Well, I, I just wanted to bring this reminder to you and uh, to urge you to live like this, right in front of everybody you meet, and become the kind of church that Australians look at again. We've got to accept the fact that most Australians now do not look in the direction of the church 
for much at all. We have to face that. And instead of being miserable about it, I think we should default to who we are, the people who are in Christ, and look like we're enjoying it. Oh, that would be a start, wouldn't it? So that Australians, wherever they are, start to say, you know what, I'm going to look for a Christian because I like what they do. I like what they've got. I like who they are. I'm praying for that day again. I don't want us to be miserable. Goodness me, anybody can be miserable, don't you think? I want, us to, I want all our churches to be the kind of places that people go, ooh, there's something going on in there. I'm going to check it out. And you know, like that, I'm going to have what they're having, right? And uh, so I just want to bring this message of encouragement. I also want to bring a message of honour for my brother Donnie. I loved this man for a long time. I love his heart. There are few pastors among us in the Queensland Baptist movement anyway who have such a sense of their community. I honour you, my brother. Appreciate you so much. And he told me he's been in 19 years. My goodness. I've never been anywhere 19 years, brother. I do honour you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 then together. (coughs) Yes, Lord, help us. Chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. But... God. Oh, I love it when a passage starts like that. Because when you start with a but, you've got to check the verse before, right? And what's been going on before, I'll leave you to have a quick look now. Now, I have a, I don't know whether you've seen these, but they actually have them in paper. (laughs) Do you believe that? Yeah. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Anyway, you can have it in your phone or your iPad. or your, Anyway, but God, but God. Why but? Why but? Well, because verse 3 is, um, well, in actual fact, verses 1, 2 and 3 talk about people as being dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. It's a, it's a hard statement about the true state of heart of the Ephesian people. But then, as he reflects back, he goes, but God. Now, that's always good when God intervenes and we can say, well, this happened to me, but God. Who remembers the story from Genesis chapter 50? Remember when Joseph was talking to his brothers and they'd said, oh, by the way, your dad said before you died that you wouldn't take revenge on us. And you'd be kind to us. <laughs> and he said, don't worry, it's all going to work out. You meant what you did for evil, but God. Yeah, but God meant it for good to save many people. So this is something that we, we find God interrupting the way things have been with the words, but God. Who is rich in mercy? because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, 
that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow. I mean, seriously, wow. You can say it backwards. Wow. It truly is a remarkable thing. What has God done? And what kind of people are we then called to be? What kind of people are we called to be? To actually think that something like that was blasé? You're telling me that we can sit in church and look like that's old news? Yet I've been in church since I was three days old. My parents were pastors. Three days after I was born, I was at the prayer meeting. And when I go into some old furniture places and I smell the stuff they put in the the wood, I have flashbacks. Because they were pews then, wooden. Ha ha, yeah, you got comfort. You tell young people that today and they won't believe you. That was true, three days old. I still have flashbacks and you go, oh, what was that? I know I've been in church all my life. I've been a pastor for 30, 38 years and I was in ministry before that for five I've been around church and around the mission of God for a long time. And I don't think this is a time for us to look and be unhappy. I think this is a time for us to remember what God has done. A remarkable thing. And that I I and you together are seated with him in heavenly realms. I mean, this is cause for gratitude. It's also a challenge for us to live like we really have had a great experience instead of looking like we've been sucking lemons for so long and, and all we're known of is for what we're against. Most Australians would tell you, oh, Christians, they're against homosexual marriage. Now, it might be true, but I would much rather be known for who we are, not what we're against. I think we would do a whole lot more in our communities, if we were the grace people, if we were the people that were alive with possibility and hope, I think that's the kind of people that you could be if this was the thing you woke up in the morning with and went, isn't that amazing? Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that remarkable? Look at what God has done. I mean, feel free to say hallelujah and praise God. You could pretend you're a Pentecostal just for a minute and but, you know, I don't think that would, be, would matter. But you, you, you'd go with me here. God is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. So now we know what motivated him. He loved us. It wasn't because we were good enough, but it was because we bore the image that he gave us. Amen? He, we bore the right image and he loved us because of that. He gave us that image. It was his image, Right? He, was, he gave us his image and Romans actually tells us that the reason why God did all this is because he wanted more brothers and sisters for his own son. Wow. I often tell people, hey, did you know that Jesus was your Lord? Yes. Did you know that Jesus was your saviour? Yes. Did you know that Jesus was your king? Yes. Did you know he was your big brother? Oh. 
and then you get a few people say, oh, hang on, I think I've heard that before. I read that in Romans. He's my big brother. He speaks to the Father on my behalf. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I'm grateful for that. I mean, this is, this, if we grab this again, we will remember the kind of people we're called to be in this world. We're not fearful people. We're not worried. We're not concerned like anyone else would be because we have life and we have it abundantly. And we just look like it. Those crazy people with the smiles on their faces you can't wipe off. Thank you, Lord. And so what has he done? And you can see us here. <clears throat> Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. Oh, thank you, Lord. We are not dead. We are not dead in our trespasses. We are alive to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. How did he do that? Well, we know now, don't we? If you've read your Bible once or twice, you'll have picked up that something happened. Something happened that changed everything. Everything was changed once these things happened. Well, I'll give you a hint. Something happened and then three days later another thing happened. Um, The flood? No, not the flood. Uh, There was a few more days involved in that one. Uh, What are we talking about? Yes, we're talking about the death and then the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Something happened, changed everything. You know, when the Roman generals used to to go, go back to Rome after they had a victory, they used to send an evangelist ahead of them. Did you know that? There were evangelists? Yeah. They were the euangelions. And they would go ahead of the army that, as it was coming back for a big victory parade in Rome. And, and they would go throughout the city and they would say, a great victory has been won. A marvellous victory has been won and everything has changed because of it. And soon the king or the general is coming back and we will rejoice with him. Everything has changed. And so when the, uh, when the gospel writers began to talk about what was happening, they said we were like the evangelist going into the towns and saying something's happened. Jesus died and rose again and as a result, everything is different. Isn't that great? Everything has changed and everything will be different now. It'll be wonderful, be amazing and he's coming back. Wonderful. God made us alive. Isn't that wonderful? He made us alive. We didn't make that happen, did we? Lady who got, it, who got born again in 48, Where are you? Is that you, dear? He made that happen for you, didn't he? Hallelujah. So that's a fair while, really, for you. How long is it now? Wow. Yeah. He made us alive. He made us alive. We didn't... Jesus' death and resurrection made it possible for God to make us alive. Isn't that amazing? And we still are. I mean, seriously, I've stuffed things up, but he is faithful. Amen. And so you see how Paul is, is getting wound up in it. You were, 
when we were, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he loved us. And then he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And the theologians will tell you as they, they look at what Paul wrote elsewhere in the New Testament uh, letters, how Paul would say, well, you were in Christ by faith, you were in Christ when he died. And you were in Christ when he was raised. He made us together with Christ. Oh, hallelujah. We're supposed to be the ones that have got the smile on our face because we know how this thing ends. We're supposed to be the one that never gives in, the ones that never give in to fear because we know our security is in Christ. Oh, what an invitation. And so God speaks to us again in this passage. You were dead in your transgressors, but God has made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Did you notice how often he used the words together? He said it a few times. He made us alive together. He raised us up together. He made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One of the things that Westerners have done with faith is they've privatised it. They've made it out to be that this is my journey only, only. And here in this passage of scripture, we all of us in this room have been made alive together, raised up with him together, seated with him in heavenly places together. Why in the name of all that is holy would we criticise one another? Why would we do that? I mean, how rotten is it when churches are gripped with gossip, where we gnaw and and scratch at one another and disagree with one another and speak ill of one. Why would we do that when passages like this so clearly tell us that all we have is we have together. We have it in our own hearts and minds and we have it together. You are my brothers and sisters for Christ's sake and unfortunately I'm yours. My wife tells me that the only reason... Well, I think she has a smile on her face when she says this. My wife tells me that the only reason that she wouldn't marry someone else is that she simply cannot be bothered doing the training again. (laughs) And there is probably a few wives here saying, yes, hallelujah, I know what what he means. (laughs) Couldn't couldn't think of anything worse than having to do this again. We, we have this unusual experience together, friends. Here, in this place, is a group of people in Kiwana who carry the witness of something remarkable to the people around. God made us alive in Christ. He, he made us alive. We were dead in our trespasses, but he made us alive, bless his name forever. Remember how the song that Richard led, remember? 
yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? Being made alive with him. I'm, I'm seated together with you in him. I may be seated here in this building in Kiwana, but I'm seated in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. My goodness, what has God done? Remember the old, old Testament reference, what hath God wrought? Remember, if you've done your history, you'll remember that that was the phrase or that was reputed to be the phrase that they put on the first telegraph that operated in the US a few years ago now. What has God done? If ever there was a time when a group of people should catch this again and live it and enjoy it and actually enjoy the life they've been given, it's now. Everybody who has worked or is working in mental health will tell you we have a veritable tsunami of fear and depression coming. And for some, it is already among us. If ever there was a time when we as God's people can be salt, light and the hint of something wonderful, it's now. We've got teachers who tell me that as as schools have opened up again, they are now becoming more and more aware of social issues. It's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Such of what we've been through for the last two years has really mucked us around. It's affected our socialising. We seem to have lost something over these last two years and we're still working out exactly what it is. We've got some theories. But if ever there was a time when a group of people might be the spark, the hint of something good, it's us. Because we who were dead in our trespasses have been made alive with Christ. We know we are not dead, we live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. We are the different people. We know how the story ends. We know what it will look like. What a wonderful thing he has done. And then he finishes it off with this little phrase, in the ages to come, that, he did all that, so that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace to us in his kindness in Christ Jesus. And I think it's important for us to realise here, and a lot of Christians have made this mistake over the years, almost as if all the good news has been and gone. The good news just keeps on rolling for any man or woman that is in Christ. It just keeps on rolling. It doesn't stop. Yes, in the past, you were dead in your sins and then you put your faith in Christ and you, were, you found out that by God's grace, you were in him when he died, you were in him when he was buried and you were in him when he was raised. You're no longer dead but alive. And then you realise that he did all of that and guaranteed your future by showing you in the coming age all his kindness to you in Christ Jesus. Good news just keeps going. It's not just about the past. 
I honour you, my sister, in 1948. You just beat me by so many years. Hallelujah. Almost 30. <laughs> no. Similar age at the start, weren't we? I honour that. But I will guarantee you, if you ask that sister, she will tell you it's the way God continues to show his kindness to her in Christ Jesus that holds her where nothing else does. We've got nothing in this world if we abandon this. And yet this is what God's given us, his kindness. Thank you, Lord. And you might say, well, I stuff things up. Yeah, I know. I do too. That's not the point. He is faithful. He continues to do this. I mean, that's why we worship him, for goodness sake. That's why we follow him. Friends, as I conclude this message, I bring the challenge to you. We, if ever there was a time when we need to live something out in front of people, it's us and now. And if not us, who? Who else has been told through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that God is keen on showing his kindness to us all? We have a good message. In a world that has now, because of its engagement with Epicureanism and post-modernity, has begun to reject the very idea of God. And when we can see in our own census that tells us that more and more people, more and more people now say, no, God, on their census form. And when you add to that, that one in three Australians, about one in three Australians, used to be in the body of Christ but have rejected it and live not sure where they stand on most things, but live outside the church and outside their faith. This is an unusual time, isn't it? doesn't matter what else happens to us, but it does this much, does matter, that we need to become again enlightened by this wonderful truth concerning us. And we need to live like it. We don't have to be always telling someone why they don't measure up, because God never did that to us. We can become the people that draw people into the love of God by his kindness. There's a, a little metaphor that I finish with. And the sun and the clouds were discussing who was better at getting people to take their coats off. Cloud said, oh, we, we can do that. We will blow it off. We will make it so hard for the coat to stay on, we will blow it off. But the more that the wind blew and the rain came, the more the person tugged the coat about them. And then the sun said, give me a try. And the sun comes out and soon you know what happens. The people took their coats off. God has, in his kindness in Christ, reached out 
to every man or woman, boy or girl, living within a five kilometre radius of this place and beyond. And your job is to look like you know that and to live like it and to enjoy your God who loves you and who, even when you were dead in your sins, made you alive in Christ and seated you together in him in heavenly places so that he could show you his kindness. That's a good story. It's a great story. And I believe that if ever there was a time when we need to actually do this and to be this people, it's now. So I pray this blessing on you. No need to close your eyes and bow your heads. It's not a religious thing. So if you can, when I do this, sometimes people close their eyes because they can't bear me looking at them. So I apologise if that's the case. But I want to bless you. And then I'm wondering, Richard, whether we can sing, yet not I, again. Is that possible? Have we got time? Is it all right? 11 o'clock is when we start again. Or or some of us start again. Hallelujah. Um, And children come. Is that right? Looking forward to that. That'd be great. Um, Let me pray this blessing on you. And uh, while we're singing this uh, song, I would be very happy to pray with anyone who would like prayer and uh, who, who would just you know, appreciate the idea of having some prayer. Better put this back so that my friend still loves me. Um, let me pray this blessing over you and over us as the people of God. And, uh, and I think then we'll, just, we'll sing that song and, and I'll be available to pray with you and after the service has ended too, if you'd like that. Let's become the people who know this to be true. Amen. Let me pray this blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over each one of these a declaration of your loving kindness towards them. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you, in your kindness towards them in Christ, have so much to show them. And I pray that by grace, through faith, they shall begin to experience the beauty of this, the amazing things that you have in your word. I pray that each one of them will be so thrilled to belong to Christ that everyone around them will begin to see it because it will be obvious. And I pray that we will become people of great joy here, great joy great gratitude, great mercy, great kindness. I pray therefore this blessing over each one of them in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me and uh, we'll get Richard to lead us. Remember, I'm here and I'll turn my mic off, but I'm here if you'd like me to pray for you. Just come on down and say hello. Thanks, Colin. Uh, and just before we sing this song, uh, just do something quickly. What I'm about to say is for two reasons. One, to give God glory, first and foremost. And the other, to encourage everyone here. Thank you, Colin, for that word. That was the Holy Spirit in operation. So everyone knows what he was talking about has been exactly what's 
uh, been going on in our lives. A um, couple of months, uh, late in the last year even, you might have heard me talking up here about struggle uh, been going through, which has been ongoing since then um, because of basically what Colin was talking about. Anyway, so the point is I just want everyone to know that that was a, um, a message from the Holy Spirit and uh, exercising of the gift of the Spirit. Um, I don't think it's a message just for me. I think it's for this body uh, of Christ because um, God's had something on my heart for this body for a while. So I just want everyone to know that and to thank God and give him the glory for it.